Blog Talk Radio. Forbidden archaeology, forgotten history, divination, magic, cryptozoology, UFOs, nature, science, and spirit. All this and more right here on the Main Street Universe Radio Network. Archaeology, forgotten history, divination, magic, cryptozoology, UFOs, nature, science, and spirit. All this and more right here on the Main Street Universe Radio Network. Bast, Aditi, Brigid, Ra, Utu. Apollo. What do all these names have in common? They're all gods and goddesses associated with the power of the sun. This evening on Spiritual Insight with your host, Darren Bucare, we will be discussing sun magic and working with sun solar energies right after this. Cryptozoology, UFOs, nature, science, and spirit. All this and more right here on the Main Street Universe Radio Network. All right, everyone, we are back. My name is Daniel Michael, the founder, co-creator of the Main Street Universe Radio Network. And tonight's topic on spiritual insight with Darren Bouquer is working with solar energies. As well as opening the lines for readings, I see Darren is in the queue. I'm going to go ahead and turn his mic on. Welcome, Darren Bouquer. Hello. Hello, Daniel Michael. How are you, sir? Doing great. We had an amazing show last night with the incredibly genuine person that is Mark Slaughter, who has one of the reputations of being one of the nice guys in the music biz from the old you know, hard rock metal days, I guess, and uh, it definitely uh-huh. held true. A joy to talk to. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> so that turned out pretty well, huh? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, good. Good to hear. Good to hear. Um, uh, well, uh, <clears throat> positivity all around. Um, so I guess tonight we're talking a little bit about um, 
the idea of the sun and uh, mysticism. I mean, this is one of, this is just a huge topic in general. I mean, it's uh, one of one of the aspects of uh, that actually started worship of anything, really, from the dawn of humanity was the sun. The sun brings us warmth. The sun helps our crops grow. The sun, you know, keeps us alive. Uh, so it was one of the most obvious things for people to worship, um, you know, dating back to animism and our um, nomadic time as human beings. So it, it is certainly something that, uh, that we've always resonated with as, as a point of worship and a point to really funnel into what we do as, um, you know, spiritual people, spiritual workers, or just people that, that want to recognize what keeps us alive. And that is, uh, the sun is a, is a big part of that. Um, you listed uh, quite a few different um, different deities. Uh, did you, I don't know if you mentioned Jesus, but Jesus is actually kind of lumped in there with the idea of the sun, because A, he's the son of God, but B, he also has he descended and rose as well, so he is associated with that as well. So I don't know if you mentioned that. Absolutely. And no, I did not, but yes, yeah. it's the the son of God. Some people think literally might be the son, <laughs> S-U-N, or at least the, the metaphor for it, not to be insulting to any of our Christian listeners out there. And even the, the when there's the three days, the Southern Cross, there's the three days, um, and then the the resurrection. So yeah, the, the entire biblical story. Some people tie it in with the Egyptian stories as well. I'm not going. Well, right. There is the whole symmetry between Horus and uh, and Jesus, and um, that's something that uh, you know we could we could expand upon that. <laughs> we could really spend some time on that if we really want. Yeah, and then um, some people debate it. It can become quite a complex debate. Some people debate it quite heavily, actually. <laughs> um, actually. You know, and then there's the the, the, the cult of Mithras and, and Mithra, and, and I mean, that's the symmetry there is also like ridiculous. Cause, you know, if it, what we're talking about Jesus and Mithra and, and the, the rites that, that, that worship Mithra, and so, which was also a Roman. So it's it's it gets it gets the you know you split hairs there, um, but I don't want to go into that whole uh, you know kerfuffle because that could be <clears throat> that could be a very long that could be a very long conversation. So I think let's stick to the whole idea of um, sun solar empowerment through the sun and why why we resonate with it. The obvious uh, you know the reasons why we do decide to kind of lean into the sun as a point of worship is because, I mean, it's obviously, it, it, it gets, you know, gives us vitality. I mean, we would be living on it. We wouldn't be alive without it, obviously. Um, so people from, you know, especially, I think that, uh, I don't know, I guess we can start with the, with the, with the um, Aztecs and the Mayans. Um, they they really did venerate the sun as being the primal, you know, the the you know, the 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 Jove or you know, the Juno, the the completely you know, the alpha and the omega, like the the real alpha primal energy of everything. You know, Talak 
the God, the sun, the huge, you know, giant energy ball that rose every morning. And they recognize that as being the primary power source and the most powerful of all the nature-based deities. Although a lot of them had huge power, I mean, but they really deemed the sun. It's, it's due, and I think the mind did as well. And that's why when they took prisoners of war, they would feed the sun or the, the, the idol that represented the sun, all the uh, the prisoners of war, their heart. So, which was a pretty gruesome uh, ritual, but at the same time, I mean, that was the, the ultimate veneration of that deity. So they, they respected, now we're looking at where, where we're at in the close to the equator, this is a very hot air area, and they're still venerating the sun, not as an oppressive element, but as a life-giving element. So I find that a little, not not confusing, but interesting, that they're still respecting the sun, even though I, the heat must be oppressive as we're getting closer to the equator. What do you, what do you think of that, Daniel? Yes, <clears throat> and I think... Um, Again, maybe there's something, you know, I, I don't know, magnetic push and pull there on the equator, as well as there are physical, meaning um, proven things that the sun does actually heal. Um, one is something that I know firsthand and personally, because on my scalp I get uh, psoriasis, and it's one of those few conditions that they recommend to go out and get a tan or even a tanning salon uh, because it actually does take it away, if you're familiar with psoriasis. It's like an extreme form of dandruff, and it can grow and be very unsightly. Um, it can actually increase levels of vitamin D, increase libido. Um, of course, it can help improve sleep if you get a lot of sun because it, it, there's something very psychological about it to the point where they're even talking about when people fall asleep to their computer screens, like I do actually, that sometimes they might not get the greatest sleep because they might be awakened because of the artificial light. Then sometimes people are treated with artificial light because they have seasonal affective disorder or SADS, I think is, is what people, some you know, depression form. So the sun definitely has a lot of proven They've even done some research on it, possibly helping with Alzheimer's if they go out and get more sun. <laughs> so I found that. Well, I can tell too. you what. Now, no offense to my my wonderful friend and and my beloved family members from Cleveland, but I have to say, everybody, sometimes if you spend a lot of your life in that area, there is a lack of sunlight and that that lack of. Uh, that lack of melanin, you know, or that lack of, of sunlight really affects your mood, and you get crabby. And am I saying there's tons of crabby people in Cleveland? Um, no, but people tend to be a little bit crabbier. <laughs> like, I don't know. I mean, I'm not, you know, and, and maybe we can, I, I'm just going by what my experience is, you know, so mm-hmm. I can't speak about London or Portland, or or Seattle, or other places that are overcast like that, because I know they get a little less sun, but I'm not sure exactly what the ratio is. But I do know that when I would wake up in the morning, um, and I would 
uh, and it would just be kind of like a little bit gloomy and foggy, and there would be no, I mean, the sun had risen, but it was still overcast, and it was just gray. It's just like, oh, good morning. <laughs> Great. That's what I think of when I you think know, of Cleveland. No, oh, no offense. I you, I think gray, like sh- straight away. I think like gray and kind of a dull yeah. brown. <laughs> I would wake up like, what the hell? Seriously, man, it was kind of a little bit spooky. And this is where we get some of our wonderful um, innovators in industrial music, like Trent Reznor and and uh, Brian Warner, otherwise known as Marilyn Manson, and you know, this area of the country. <laughs> Because of, of these, these sort of things. So there's there's that. But um the sun definitely affects your mood. It really does. It brings buoyancy uh vitality, it helps things grow, it also wilts things. And we have the opposite of we have the desert. The desert is is minimalist and, and stark, it's severe and powerful and uh I'm reading this wonderful book about the jinn or the genie who are extensions of the power of the sun and being elemental um, fire-based beings. And that is, is interesting. But uh, yeah, that's a topic for another time. But um, I guess my point is is that the desert is that, that, older, that ultimate intense expression of the sun in its most primal and most vicious nature, um, and that, uh, now, do you, okay, well, so the Egyptians have Ra, and Ra is, other than maybe Osiris, arguably the, the you know, is, he is the head of the pantheon, am I correct, in saying that, Daniel Michael? Yeah, and then one of the most popular is, is the... The Chronicler Zeus, right? in, in in Egypt, yeah, in Egypt would be um so, but yeah, Ra is the sun god there. <clears throat> he's Zeus, though. I mean, he's his power. Zeus. Yes, but in the, well, and Cyrus also in the is up there too, but and in the Greek pantheon, there's also Apollo is associated with the sun as well. Well, of course, yeah, Apollo and Helios as well. Who in one of the two <laughs> pantheons that, that that have to deal with um, the sun being dragged across the sky by chariots, and then the Viking mythos, of course, we also have that as well. But um, is God the most powerful divinity form in the, of the Egyptian pantheon? Though, is my question for you. Oh, um, I believe so. Yeah, every, so everyone they, talk, have like, all they their own talk di- about the Osiris thing and how this and all that stuff. I mean, we as in you and I, but I mean, like, that, that, that gets talked about a lot. And Osiris is a big deal, but Ra is uh, the head... King, daddy of the, the whole big, the big one, you know, the big guy. Mm-hmm. Ra is the most powerful. So the Egyptians, even though the sun could be oppressive, they do recognize that, okay, you are the reason everything's happening here. So you could lay waste to us if you want. You could bring us down to, like, our, our molecules if you, if, you, if you need to. 
And then mm-hmm. there's all sorts of other other divinity forms like cats and snakes, like Set and Bast and the Ibis, which is Thoth and intelligence and everything. But the granddaddy, super powerful element of everything is the sun. And the Egyptians were the seat of knowledge for many, many of the thousands of years before Christ and really before the Greeks had their civilization propped up, the Egyptians were the seat of knowledge for a long a long time. Oh yeah, it's the, the great Egyptian the the Sumerians were, but yeah. And yeah, and and as I was saying uh, some people like there's there's gods that might be a little more popular in the Egyptian pantheon, like Thoth is, is a very popular, you know, the chronicler, and, and Thoth has the many fascinating things, the bird, you know, one about him. But technically, Ra is considered to be sort of the king of the Egyptian god uh, pantheon, and, and representing the sun. And back to Samaria, it's Utu. Right, so we we're we're really seeing that okay. Worship of the sun was a primary focus for a lot of ancient civilizations and uh, religions, wizards, uh, you know, priests, high priests. Everyone said, okay, who should we thank first? The sun. Okay, so uh, digressing from that point. Um, what are the benefits of worshiping the sun? Okay. Um, first, let me ask you, Daniel Michael, have you ever done a specific ritual to thank the sun or any divinity form related to the sun? I would say yes when I, because Bridget is uh, sometimes associated with the sun, and there was a time when I was oh, that's true. Okay. looking to her that's as close as I can think. And there was something interesting and liberating about her. And, and she's a little bit uh-huh. blue collar at the same time, which I related to a little bit. And uh, just like the tarot okay. son, um, I think of freedom. And that's what it was. I, like it. I was like, I just want to see the new light, the new light. I, I'm tired with this old. So it was something similar to that. I wanted to see the new sun. And that's what I was thinking of <clears throat> with that little. Oh, that's beautiful. I like it. I like it. That's beautiful. Yeah, I, we forget that Bridget, because of she is um, a goddess of the harvest and of growth, and, you know, she's definitely related to the sun, because the sun is, is definitely part of that whole currency between growth and, and renewal and harvesting and, and everything. So, yeah, that's, that's interesting. Uh, I guess in that sense, since we're bringing up Bridget, yeah, I have I have hung out with Bridget once or twice. Um, so in that respect, Yes, I have done a ritual, thank you. So, um, however, uh, that's a bit, that's a glaring omission in my cosmology, and a lot of the elemental practice that I've done is really thanking the sun, and I feel kind of like, wow, how did I miss that? You know, especially we're making it a topic tonight, and then I'm thinking, wow, I've never done one of the basic ideologies, and said, wow, thank you very much for all that stuff, and you know what, I'm going to. As soon as possible, because I think that's and again, and to be honest, I had to think for a second of something because it's something I'm thinking to myself. Wow, it's not something I commonly do. Um, and I think, and here's part of it: 
when people first become, uh-huh. say on a just to use the word very loosely, say on a pagan path or a neo pagan path, right, mystical right. path, so often you think of the wisdom of the moon, especially when you first enter right out as most people enter right. through that the Wicca thing, the 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 moon, the, the oh. intuition, all that stuff. And then I think sometimes people don't stop to think of the the, the wisdom of the the light of day and the new day and you know you know all that. And I think maybe that's part of it. It's so much thinking about the moon and nighttime and darkness and lighting your candles, you know, <laughs> rather than a little, maybe a little altar with some leaves and. Some uh, Look, it all to this. And some apples cool. in, in the sunlight. It's a popularity <laughs> contest. It is a it is a popularity contest. Okay, let's just keep it real, right? With with Wicca, with humanism, with polytheism, suddenly you can be cool about it's it's okay to worship the goddess energy, the high priestess, the triple goddess. Okay, so when you worship the triple goddess, she's associated with what? The moon. Yep, okay? exactly. So. We're going to do that because we haven't been able to do that this whole damn time. And I'm not kidding when I say Jesus is associated with the sun. So we've been doing that. So guess what? We're not going to do that right now. We're going to worship the moon because the moon is cool. The moon's like the, you know, the roguish, like, cool person to hang out with. We're going to just ignore the sun, which is, I think, quite a lot of us have done, including. Right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I totally have. I'm totally guilty of this exact thing. To me, it's very lopsided. And every day, at least, I'm not going to say every single day, but largely seven days a week, I at least do one tarot reading for somebody, either on the phone or in person. And I'll tell you that the tarot is very specifically regimented into sun, moon, male, female energies. So every day I'm reminded that the sun is an important part of the cosmology of the world and the universe and nature. And I'm sitting here going, okay, yeah, but let's focus on the moon the whole time. That's mm-hmm. lopsided. That's not cool. <laughs> I don't want to say not cool, but that's just really and it's it's very funny common. that it's such a glaring omission. Think of it for instead me, of being thankful for that. For that thing that's there for you every morning, the sun, for that light, it's it's almost like your parents, right, or, or or your own mother, and she does so much for you, and you're not that thankful for it. But here's this this lady moon, this mysterious girl you're attracted to. Maybe that's a little more attractive to you. You know, it's a little mysterious and dark, and the, right. the imagery and all that. But your uh-huh. mom, you know, making your eggs and doing your laundry for you in the morning, you're like ah, that's old news. You know? <laughs> Right, that is such a great analogy. We take her mom for granted because she's always there. And then you say, show your mom, your mom is there. She's sitting there, and she's making your quilt, and she's creating stuff and making you dinner. And then what's cool is, what do we think about the damn high priestess, you know? That's right. Who is your crazy but the alluring lady works. that veils herself and then unveils herself every once in a while. The moon. <laughs> That's the one you're attracted to. <laughs> She's mysterious. Yeah, yeah. The high priestess is like your your sexy aunt who once a, once every five months, and she works for like Hollywood, and she's got like all this expensive stuff and gives you expensive presents, and then leaves. 
And the son's <laughs> like your mom, and she's over there like, I'm baking you all this bread. I made you dinner. You're like, hurry, up, hurry the hell up. Yeah, hurry up. ready, jerk. And don't mess up my socks. I don't like. I like the yeah. right socks yeah, combined sure after you do my laundry. <laughs> I want everything to look good for when Auntie High Priestess comes over. <laughs> She's gonna give me something cool to look at for ten minutes, and that's more important. Yeah, or some, or some girl that uh, you're interested in. That's how I think of the moon. You know, like you're a teenager and your mom's doing all this, and then some mysterious lady, and every once in a while she reveals the whole thing. <laughs> it's the full moon. That's true. But then goes back to the mystery again. <laughs> that that mysterious girl, you know, versus the the giving uh, mother. Well, what I what I want to say is that the moon and the the moon and the a balance. So if <clears throat> if the sun is is a is a paternal energy, then the moon's got to be some other form of paternal or maternal energy of some sort, and you know, a caring form. It can't be a love interest. I mean, I guess it can't. I mean, but the point is sure. is that they, they should be at even level, and what we're doing is we're going for the we're, – we're pumping up the – we're pumping up the, the underdog. We're like, hey, you're the underdog, so we want to venerate you, which is totally cool, but at the same time, we're missing the fun. And right. I think that I want to, across the board, say to everybody – Let's all do a ritual for the sun. Let's all thank the sun. Um, you know, again, Jesus is associated with rising, falling, resetting and rising, and let's thank him for being, for rising and all that stuff. Let's thank Bridget for making the wheat grow and being able to harvest it. Let's thank Helios for pulling the sun across the sky or, um, you know, like, like all that stuff. I mean, let's thank Ra for making sure that, that the, you know, the crops along the Nile grow and all that jazziness. And the camels are warm and what else, you know? So all that stuff is important. Absolutely. And, and one I, thing I like uh-huh. to do, uh-huh. maybe for, yeah, can you hear me? Are you still there, Darren? Yes. Yes. Okay, you sounded like you faded out for just a second. It happens sometimes, Block Talk Radio. Okay, are you there? Yes, Daniel. All right. I'm here. Okay, good. Um, so one thing to do that I like to do is if I get a new favorite crystal, I like to set it outside and have it be charged by the sun for a whole day. And as well, then wait for a full moon, and, and I'll, I'll set it up somewhere where the moonlight will hit it for a full night, basically. I'll, find, I'll try to find, like, a good angle or a good spot in the yard or, or wherever on the on the property and then have it where the moon hits it as well. So then the crystal is charged by both the sun and the moon. And that's one practice that I well, like to I do. That, that's a great thing. People always say moon bath for their crystals, but a sun bath, sunlight is also really amazing. Um, yeah, you know, my friend was that we had this blue moon or this full moon the other day. And she was like, man, I got to get out there. It's a full moon. Like, this is super important and all that stuff. And I was just like, man, okay. You know, like, that's what I mean. Like, people just, like, it's a full moon. Like, now I'm going to pay attention to stuff. I think another thing we can do is really is to, you know, like the, the beach thing. People go to the beach. And there are people that sun worshipers. But let's talk about the people that do that do spiritual work, that do focus on stuff. And please don't forget the sun. 
There are plenty of people that go to the beach and lay out in the sun and worship the sun. However, those of us that work with nature and, 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 uh, you know, manipulate those energies can also thank the sun. And I think it's important. And Darren, we're about at the half hour and I totally agree. And I was Uh thinking maybe take a little break, just a small music break and then come right back. Okay. Uh, so we will be right back with Spiritual Insight with Darren Bucare. We're discussing the sun, working with solar energy, sun magic, and deities, including Christianity, including Jesus himself. But we'll be back in just a moment. This is actually one of our songs from our band. Speaking of the sun and awake, this is one of our heavier ones. It's called One Got Away. We'll be right back. When it's backed by gold The speech and date upon its altar Is a funny thing when there's none to behold The serpent's being without falter One got away, one got away Now he's thinking freely One got away, one got away I think we've lost you completely That's why 
you know, enthusiastic about shadowy stuff to maybe consider that you do need the white pillar. Sometimes you do need to relate to some form of balance with solar empowerment or with prosperity because so that way you can be prosperous, you know. And I'm sorry, like, there's a balance, you know. I'm Like, okay, let's, for example, like people like, you know, um, the vocalist for Joy Division, who I mean, he couldn't he couldn't hang on, and he, and he killed himself, you know. Roz Williams from Christian Death, like stuff like that. I mean, but they're one of the the two megalithic artists in that genre that have created things out of darkness, which is marvelous. Now we look at other people. I mean, even even Kurt Cobain. There's a shadowy there's a shadowy world that he created for himself. You know, name of an album, In Utero. I mean, it's like all about, like, stillbirth and all this stuff. I mean, it's like, what what's going on there? And he didn't make it, you know? I mean, I, I'm still not sure if he killed himself or not. I'm not totally positive. I've heard several different people that are, like, grew up in Seattle tell me all about it and say, like, no, no, he killed himself. I'm like, okay. But my point is, it's good to have a balance, I guess is my point. And so often we talk about a balance because some people will say, I'm a light worker. We talk about balance from the other side. And they'll say, everything's the light, the light, the light, the light. So you have those folks on that side too. And and there's no such thing as anything bad as long as you don't think about it. And they sort of overdo that too. And so, again, by recognizing the shadow is good, but don't be so inundated by it that it's the only thing. And the same thing with the sun or the solar energy, just realizing that... I don't that understand why we got to be so, like, one way or the other. I don't, like, I don't understand. <laughs> it, I, I yeah, feel I, like I, when I really talk to somebody who is somebody who is a spiritual worker, that works as a spiritual worker, that is, like, employed, like, I make money doing this, they're the ones that go, yeah, of course you got to have both pillars, and of course you got to have, you got to have the obey twins that keep chaos at bay. And then you got to have the trickster that causes chaos. You got to have both things, and they understand that, you know. I mean, it's like, and I understand it. And it's just like, you know, I go into a botanica and I talk to everybody, and then my my rudimentary Spanish that I have, which is actually it's better than rudimentary, but the point is, they know <laughs> that you got to have healing, and then you got to have something that that rends things at the same time. You got to have that healing water but you also have to have something to, that, that can rip something out when it's not supposed to be there. So both things are important. And, Darren, we do have a caller. Oh, okay, good. Oh, but uh, I want to say this, too. Yeah. I, you know, and I'm, loving, and I'm loving the really warm, squishy, lovable, you know, pagan lady who's bringing the, you know, the fusilli pasta casserole to the group, mm. you know, and saying, like, oh, and she's super, like, love and hugs and happiness. But I got to say, sometimes you got to be a crabby witch. Like, <laughs> that's it. Sometimes you got to be crabby. You can't be, in, you know, it can't be, it's all good 20 percent you know? And that's exactly is one of the issues I have. The caller dropped, by the way. The caller's no longer there. Feel free to call back caller. Oh, you. oops. But it's okay. Um, okay. It just happens. Now, technically. Uh, hello, caller. If you want to call back, we will pick pick it up. I was just finishing a statement. 
Yeah. So please no, no, I think they didn't drop out of impatience because I, I was going to answer it. I think they just dropped. It was oh. a technical thing. Um, oh, okay. Well, if you call back, we will answer your call. I assure you. And what, that's but, one of the uh, things about being saved in Christianity. Though, again, I'm not bashing Christians. I promise folks out there I'm not. I'm just saying I'm an eclectic mystic, so we'll keep it there. And But the idea, one of the ideas I don't like is when you talk to some Christians, and it's this idea of that if you're reborn, then everything's cleansed and everything's good and you're washed, wiped clean, when in fact it's supposed to be a slow process of growth that I think has just been grossly misinterpreted. Okay, just because you're cleansed once in a ritual doesn't mean the whole rest of your life you're good. You know what I mean? I'm sorry. It's it, There's no I'm all good now, like everything is all good and light and golden uh, because I've been baptized or whatever the case may be. Uh-huh. And so well, many no, of them well, take... Well, no, because, cause the, cause, I mean, it just a, it's a narrow vision. It's just mm-hmm. a little bit of a narrow vision. I had a very big... And I get a little bit imperious because a lot of people, like I say something and suggest it, and, and you know, there's a, a huge contingent of people that, that respect what I say and just sign up for whatever, you know, what I'm suggesting as a distilled, very real theory on what's going on. So I'm having a really in-depth discussion with my girlfriend last night, and, you know, she's, she's like, really bringing up this really wonderful book but it's about a, a doctor who helps save this girl from a satanic cult, and she's one of the brides of Satan and all this stuff, and it's, it's a real, it's a nonfiction book. But the doctor herself is, was a very hardcore Christian doctor, so she has some undertones, very strong Christian undertones that are anti-rock music and anti-some other things, but at the same time it gives you a very vivid picture of some of the preternatural and demonic things that were happening in the satanic cult, but at the same time, what their battle was. And it was a very interesting book, you know. Um, But at the same time, we've got into a very big debate about, you know, there's some things in the book about the idea that that vampires are all vampires, werewolves, and and other, you know, or, or those two, at least those two, the origin of them has to do with something spawned from demonic origins. And then I get got in a huge debate about it by saying, like, okay, there's so many different myths, about, you know, or stories or origin stories or ideas about where vampires, werewolves, you know, and then there's just shapeshifters, and then there's... So the idea that, you know, that that, that all comes from demonic roots necessarily isn't necessarily true but then yeah you know i got into well maybe i mean i've never run into a real like i've never seen a a transmogrified transformed werewolf before and i've actually never met someone who is clearly immortal and undead and non-living so as a as a vampire so really I guess I I mean maybe that person would would have formed some form of demonic possession and maybe their bloodlust will would have come from some sort of demonic origin. I'm not sure. I can't say no to that. Well, in so the I chat room eventually say uh uh-huh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say in the chat room someone you know offered a theory that the ETs made vampires when they created the human race. <laughs> 
right. Yeah, no, that's a theory too. Right. I, that's why I said to him that there's so many theories, right? That yeah, that I forget where that comes from too. Uh, that's some sort of. I, I don't know if that's a that's a fictional series of books or what, what that is, but I've heard that before too. That there was a, a predator a predator cast that was like, you know, and they're meant to 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 cull our population. Was these predators when they when they came down to ancient Egypt and created us and all that stuff? So, I mean, really, just saying it, it the root of all you know preternatural or evil or whatever is comes from this one place is just to me is a little narrow of a vision. But at the same time, you can argue it kind of both ways. Um, I don't know where I'm going with this. I guess what my point is is that. Darkness is not absolute. There's a lot of different versions of darkness. And there's also a lot of different versions of light. And if we're looking at the light that we receive on Earth, that all comes from, guess where? The sun. The sun. Yes, yeah, there was a point there somewhere. Good job, Darren. <laughs> and the thing is, and too much darkness is one thing, and guess what? Too much light you, you, your plants grow, but too much, and now you have a desert and drought, and that's not good for those yeah. of us living on the planet anyway. Right. So every, <laughs> it might serve as a purpose for a cycle of the planet somehow. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I mean, it's the desert is interesting, and I've, I've spent a lot of time with um, the book I'm reading is, is all about is well, ha- well, half of it's about the gin and the genie, and um, uh, but it, it's interesting the starkness of the desert and, and how it relates in the different cultures, and they, they go into a lot about the Bedouin and how the Bedouin have to do so much to get from place to place, and they endure this desert. But when they get to that oasis, there's so much relies on when they get to the oasis. But this, you know, they are subject to attack by the spirits of the desert. And because there's so much primal intensity that these fire spirits, these genie or jinn, can possess some of the people in the caravan, can they could interrupt, you know, and, and, and now maybe in modern times that's not happening, but there's still Bedouin, there's still people that go from city to city on, on the back of camels. And, you know, if you think about the primal harshness of a place like the Sahara, that might be, you know, it might be the kind of place to create elemental beings like fire spirits, like like the jinn. I mean, what do you think, mm-hmm. Daniel, Michael? Well, I think um, a similar aspect to what you're talking about is when you, if you've ever done any fire uh, staring, you know, soften the eyes and stared into a flame, and I think I shared with you one time, and one time I could swear I saw a being that looked like it looked like a woman, you know, it looked like a, a woman's shape in in this kind of a large candle flame. It was a big taper kind of candle that was flaming kind of high, as some of them will do. And I remember seeing it almost animated, so it was almost like this thing. I'm like, is this a, a, my creation, or is this something I'm just seeing as a softening the eyes and meditating on this this flame and you can see and just like some fire sign people I know they can create and destroy pretty well 
not that that relates to that little being I saw, but um, but I just found that well, this, fascinating. I, I got to say that this this literature that I'm reading right now really is is fascinating me, and it not it's not just that, but my my ethnicity a large part of it is is Lebanese and these in Lebanon and northern Lebanon and Syria where they really would defer because the Bedouin and, and the Lebanese were, were like have large Bedouin communities where, you know, they weren't, they were nomadic. And uh, these are the people that really inter- interacted with these, uh, these spirits. Mm. And they would tie iron beads to the children, to their clothing and to their hairs because the iron kept the spirit away. Isn't it funny how genie and fairies, no, nobody likes iron. Right. Yeah, there, there seems to be something about. Do you think it because it's just so dense and not of a high vibration or something like that? Yeah, I, I think that it, it it's just well, it's earthly. Yeah, it's and so heavy. Say, this is what they talked about in the book that I'm reading. We are of the earth. We are made of the earth. We are flesh of the earth. Okay. A genie is a fire. So the book I'm reading, the the genie that is the main focus of the book. He can't get caught out in the rain or else he will be extinguished. I mean, if he gets caught in the rain, he he can make it through. Just like you could have a, a really big flame out in the rain and it would sputter and sputter and it wouldn't necessarily go out. But if you put that flame underwater, it's gone. He, he's dead. Mm. So we're, if we're of the earth, and then iron is also the one of the more, you're right, dense, solid, Un- unbendable, you know, like ultimate earth, earthly situation. That that's yeah, they don't like us. <laughs> and like fairies too, they can disappear. They can become translucent. They can grow. They can shrink. They can do all kinds of stuff. Yeah, so it's not um, iron's not that sparkly and ethereal. <laughs> it's very rigid. Yeah, it's not ethereal, no. And we're having a slight problem with our chat room, folks. Folks, sorry, I was uh, that's why I sound a little distracted for a moment. I'm going to put oh, it on okay. on quick so, quick chat, and we have about so ten rate, minutes left. <clears throat> yeah, we have so we have nine minutes left. Um, see, the thing about the sun is, is, quite frankly, I would recommend anybody that that is listening, um, if you haven't, if you if you're used to worshiping nature-based elements. If you're a Christian and you're, you know, let's let's really praise or thank the aspect of divinity that relates to abundance and prosperity and warmth and the the hearth of the home and being comfortable. Okay, and the sun gives us all of those things. It lets us traverse the globe and be comfortable in warmth. It lets us do all those things. So let's be uh, gracious and say, hey, thanks. I don't think there's a problem with that. I don't think there's a reason to feel like that's not a good idea. Um, I'm going to say, quite frankly, that, that I ha- it hadn't occurred to me <laughs> to do that till we decided to do this show. And um, in the last few days, I have thought a lot about that. I really have. Um if you want your business to expand, if you want your relationship to be more about positivity and kindness and love 
and warmth and caring, giving to each other. The sun gives you abundance, gives you fruit, gives you comfort. And if you want that out of your relationship, let's imbue your relationship with some sun energy. If you like shadows and you like vacuums of tragedy and despair, then let's take take darkness and overlap it over your relationship. You know, I mean, there's some sometimes we have to really think about what we're doing and what we're emulating into our day-to-day situation. You know, um, you can wear black every day and you could listen to really aggressive music, but you don't have to perpetuate blackness in your attitudes or your or your speech. You don't have to mirror negativity even if you like to dress a certain way or listen to certain things or certain artwork, you don't have to resonate with that as as an energy. Your energy could be projected into something totally different. And I read something really wonderful, um, and um, I'm going to quote the book. Hold on. This is really... I thought this was marvelous. And I'm just kind of doing a little refresher with this book here. Um, I'm enjoying it. It's called uh, Reclaim the Magic, and it's by Lee uh, Miltier, and uh, it's just about, you know, imbuing magic in your day-to-day life. Nice little refresher for me um, it's that I tell people all the time, but it's good to hear things come right back at you. And uh, mm-hmm. a, big, a big paragraph was all about the past is not something we should play and replay and replay and replay. If it's art and we're creating art with it and we're writing a book about it or an autobiography or a poem, then write it and be done, but do not replay it again and again and again. Because if we're telling ourselves, because it's what it is is compounding past situations that are that are purely negative that have happened that maybe say, well, this is our, these are our failings. Like, this is what, what I did that didn't measure up or didn't quite work out. And let's go over it and over it and over it in our mind, and we should shut that door. We shouldn't go back there. I mean, why? What I mean, is there something to learn? I think we've learned it already. And if we've learned it, then we don't need to go back and sit in the debris of it anymore. And unfortunately, and I know because I look at a lot of people's lives, and I can see it right on their hand, or in their cars, or from their spirit guides, that a lot of people hang on to terrible relationships because they were so immersed in it that it, it's just, it's scar tissue. And then they just keep going over what happened and what, what, what could have happened and what didn't they do and what, what didn't the other person do. And the fact of the matter is, if they don't have any intention of reclaiming or rela- being in that relationship again, then you really should shut that door. Or let's say it was a job that let you go. Or let's say you didn't win the gold medal uh, at curling or whatever it is. You know, you cannot dwell in something, in negativity that happened. You cannot change the past. You can't go back there and change it. So if you're Mm -hmm. going to move forward, then move forward. And that's it. And I think that that was a wonderful little piece Oh, the wonderful little tidbit that I enjoyed. Um, it's funny when something so simple becomes so profound. And uh, I did want to share that on the air. 
We can't change what ha- what has happened already. The sun is a symbol of that. It says, "Okay, um, all that all that wheat died over there. Okay, guess what? I'm going to grow some more over here. I'm right. a sun. I'm going to grow this stuff. The, all the vegetation died. Well, guess what? Next season, I'm going to grow a whole bunch of new vegetation. Great. There's always new opportunities. There's new abundance." There's prosperity. There's always happiness. And that is what the sun the tarot card means, and that is what the sun means to us in life. You can always go outside and look for new opportunities and new positive energy. Here is the new day, the new light. And the new day. Help you. Right. There's another day. There's darkness Darren, and then the sunlight. Where can people reach you, Darren? Um, they can reach me at D-B-U-C-A-R-E at gmail.com or at uh, Marie Lavo's House of Voodoo on uh, Bourbon Street in New Orleans, Louisiana. Um, go ahead and get a hold of me for a private consultation. Let us take a look and see what's going on if you're feeling introspective. Um, thank you for listening uh, tonight to Spiritual Insight. Please honor the sun in your life. It honors you. So, give back energy. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Darren. Thank you, Daniel Michael, and everyone have a nice evening. All right. Thank you for listening to Spiritual Insight. Mr. Darren Bucare will be back next Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. And as well, we'll have with us on Main Street Universe another musical guest, Tawatha D. Until then. Remember that the mysteries and possibilities of the universe are closer to Main Street than you may have ever imagined. Have a good evening. archaeology, forgotten history, divination, magic, cryptozoology, UFOs, nature, science, and spirit. All this and more right here on the Main Street Universe Radio Network.